Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram, I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash I Love That Movie. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can and want to take a quick moment to thank our top patrons, Chris Balga, Jeff Widman, Michael Cross, and Philip Barker. Thanks guys so much for keeping the lights on. Uh, we've also got a website, I love that moviepodcast.com. And if you like today's episode, you should join us for the after party. Uh, we will have a follow up episode on Get Vocal that will be live and we'll just kind of chat and get your guys' feedback. And we'll probably talk about all things Star Wars. So if that interests you, please join us there. I'll have a link in the, descri- in the description. <laughs> Uh, we also have a Discord and we have Facebook groups, so plenty of places to reach out and uh, talk to us. And if you like what you heard today, please take a moment to subscribe and rate this show. It does help new listeners find us. Um, so I've got a returning guest on the show today. Uh, I have Joe. Say hi, Joe. Hello, everybody. Say. It's been a little while since you've been on, um, and so I'm glad to have you back. You had told me you wanted to talk about this movie uh, back back when we first recorded, um, and my guest always chooses the movie. So which movie did you want to talk about today? The Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Perfect. And uh, Joe, if people haven't heard you on the show before, did you want to take a moment and just kind of introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your love for movies and whatnot? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Joseph. I'm on Twitter at the Joe George. Um, that's I don't have any podcast yet or anything, but um, I really do love movies. I grew up as a uh, '90s blockbuster VHS kid. So that was kind of um, my life. And um, yeah, just cultivated this this love of this craft. So and the Star Wars uh, part of it happens when I was three months old. Really? That's young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My mom sat me down in front of uh, a TV when um, uh, New Hope was playing. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad that you picked this movie to talk about. Um, you know, this came out in 2015. I won't ask you if you saw it in theaters, because I'm assuming you did. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> Opening night. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. I remember, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was so excited. It was like, I don't know, it was just like, this is all coming back. We get to do this again, and it had been so long. 
Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, the excitement, the anticipation, the nervousness about getting tickets. Uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, I think too, what happened to me was I think somebody bought the tickets for me. I might've been my friend, Josh. I can't remember, but, uh, somebody had the foresight to like reserve them early. I think I right. went home early from work and all that stuff. I'm something I'm definitely missing right now that experience. So it's definitely fun to watch this and kind of relive that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to say before I continue that this show is not spoiler free. So if you haven't seen this and I mean, you've had time, but if you haven't seen this movie yet, definitely stop, go watch it, come back. Um, but I'm going to read the synopsis really quick before we kind of dive into more of the discussion. Um, as a new threat to the galaxy rises, Ray, a desert scavenger, and Finn, an ex-stormtrooper, must join Han Solo and Chewbacca to search for the one hope of restoring peace. Kind of a quick synopsis there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so it kind of it sums, sums it up it pretty up well. As much as, as much as it could. Yeah. Um, in this part of the show, and I know you, you said you did some research, so you probably want to chime in with your facts too. Um, I've got okay. a, a couple quick facts and definitely respond and react to them. And then we can run over some of yours too after that, if you want. All right. All right. So the first one I have is that John Williams received his 50th Oscar nomination for scoring this film. Yeah. I mean, that's his, his music is just, um, another basically another character to these movies so oh for sure and i feel like he's like the soundtrack to like our lives yes it's dramatic but i mean i went uh last year to the uh, the dallas symphony orchestra had the series where they did all this christmas stuff and one of the nights they did john williams music mm. and it was like mainly the christmas music so like home alone and you know i think they right. threw in some like harry potter but of course he still had star wars and like the conductor had like a lightsaber during those uh songs <laughs> but <laughs> it made me realize i mean well i guess i already knew but reminded me of the all fact right. that so much of the movies that i grew up with and listened to were all scored by him um and in some ways like there were some some tracks in this movie that kind of reminded me that like it was a little Christmas sounding to me, like mm -hmm. in the beginning with Ray, which oh, yeah, is like, yeah, her, yeah her, theme. her theme sounds like a little Christmassy. Like, I don't know, but I like it of course. But uh, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, maybe it sounds Christmassy to me because he kind of defined Christmas for me, mm, you know, yeah, with so many yeah. movies. Um, but yeah, I just, I liked that fact. Um, Here's something I hadn't heard before. Ray's outfit is inspired by early drawings from the Star Wars concept artist Ralph McQuarrie for Luke Skywalker at a point when he and Lucas were playing around with the idea of making Luke a female character. Had you yeah, heard that before? Right. Yep, yep. That's no? what's one of the things I love about these, um, the Disney, when Disney took over for these movies is um, they're using a whole lot of concept art that hadn't been used before. Oh, so. That's such a good way to make sure that it feels like a Star Wars film. You right. know, it's like, yes, it's new content, but if they use some of the old designs, it puts you right back in that universe. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. before I knew that, I definitely thought, you know, Ray's outfit echoes Luke's attire just in terms of like the color palette 
Uh, she starts right. off in the desert the way Luke did, you know, kind of like on a farm. Um, and it, so it, you know, definitely reminded me of it. But hearing that piece of it, I thought was super interesting. Um, and the last one I had was that after publicly declining to direct a new Star Wars film, J.J. Abrams was visited at his bad robot uh, office by Kathleen Kennedy, and their negotiations lasted over a month, during which time Abrams' central concern was the vast magnitude and cultural significance of this project. Um, I mean, I, I envy and do not envy any director taking on a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I mean, no lie, right? Because, I mean, it, what he was worried about essentially happened. Right. I mean, I love this movie, um, and I, I know that people have mixed emotions um, or very strong emotions about the entire trilogy, mm. but you're right. Like, he, it was pretty much an impossible ask. I mean, yes. in a way, like, Luke, Lucas himself had, you know, in I some know. ways <laughs> failed to recapture the originals with the prequels. You know, right. there was a lot right. of... Yeah hate for that so walking into that and not even being george lucas is like an even bigger ask and you know abrams had already done star trek mm -hmm. which you know i love his take on star trek oh, i yeah, thought so oh good good yeah i love them i think that they're done so well and you know i remember i've, I've had friends that said oh this is so much better i never liked the original series and you know this is such a better version and i'm like man but you should really go back and watch those then because maybe you do like it <laughs> because it was so faithful in many ways to the original. Mm. I mean, it, it updated it, but it right it paid homage to it in a way that it didn't feel like it was trying to replace it. And I think that's what he wanted to do with his with take on Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And so I, you know, I personally really like it, but you're so right. It's just anyone that, sits in that director's chair has got to be nervous yeah. <laughs> and was the, the latest one is was taika waititi oh yeah yeah he <laughs> right uh and you know people have mixed emotions about the ragnarok i loved it, I, I um, loved it yeah and i loved what he did on the mandalorian so i'm mm -hmm. i'm all on board yeah. um I did hear recently that Kathleen Kennedy, I think I, I heard this on Zachy's show, but she said something to the effect of like, we're going to table this and think about all this for a while <laughs> as to what direction everything yeah. is going to take going <laughs> forward, which, you know, in, in some ways it's like nothing is really moving forward that fast yeah. right now anyway. But yeah, it's like looking back at like how this was received um, solo, you know, right. Um, so far, The Mandalorian's been the only one that's been sort of unanimously... That and Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. You're right. Ugh, I love Rogue One, too. But yeah. yeah, it's like, I think, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I certainly hope that that he stays on that project. And I liked his episodes. I thought he did a really good job with them. So He did. I look forward to seeing them. Yeah. Um. So back to this movie. Um. Did you have any quick facts you wanted to throw out there real quick before? We... Uh, some of them are uh, the Stormtrooper costumes were inspired by Apple products. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I could totally see that. Uh, yeah, it was like after um, I said that, I looked at my iPhone. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm talking to you on my MacBook Pro. So <laughs> I have an iPad, a MacBook, 
an iPhone, <laughs> actually two iPhones, an iPhone for work. So <laughs> it's definitely taken over my life. I watched this on Apple TV. So, yeah. you know, it, there is something uh, a little fascist about it. <laughs> yeah. um, um, that That is funny, though. I love that. Yeah. Uh, for some of the visuals, J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, looked to films directed by John Ford, Akira Kurosawa, and Terrence Malick. Ooh, I can totally see that, especially the, you know, Akira Kurosawa. Um, yeah. I think just because I've been watching so many, like, now that we have HBO Max, we've been watching mm-hmm. some more classic films, and um, I was like, I know this is so embarrassing to admit, especially since I do this podcast, but sometimes it's hard to find a time to really just sit down and watch and read. So like Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, um, his work I haven't seen. And um, usually like on a Sunday afternoon or something, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm focused. I'm not going to look at my phone. (laughs) I'm going to watch this movie and read these subtitles. And, you know, I know that, uh, Hidden Fortress was a big inspiration for the original Star Wars yeah. movie. Um, and I do feel like when you watch this one, it, it, it feels like Abrams went back to that well and, um, you know, got some great inspiration from right. there too. One of the alternate titles was taken from a uh, expanded universe novel called Shadows of the Empire. Oh, what do you think? Which Which title do you like better then? Um, I like The Force Awakens better. Mm. Have you seen that funny video that's like what all the Star Wars movies should have been named? Uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh man, I have to send it to you. It was this kid, like a really young kid on like TikTok. He he was like, all the Star Wars movie names are out of order and I'll show you why. And he like <laughs> rearranges all of them to different movies and you're like, dang, yes. I'll send it to you. You'll get right. out of it. But yeah, no, I agree. I, I like uh, The Force Awakens, um, especially being the first in this trilogy. Uh, it just it's just so exciting. It's like mm-hmm. it's almost like t- entitling it, you know, Star Wars is back, <laughs> you know. Right. So um, I, I agree with you there. Um, that I mean, everything else is pretty much all I got a whole lot of expanded universe stuff in here, too. Oh, nice. Oh, um, so for Captain Phasma, her uh, her Stormtrooper armor was ins- inspired J.J. to call her Phasma based on the movie Phantasm with the chrome ball. Oh, okay. I kind of wondered where that name came from. <laughs> yep. She's so cool. And, like, a lot of people were upset, you know, the way that mm-hmm. she... Well, I guess it's a spoiler, but yeah, the way she exits the series. Right. I kind of liked it because, I don't know, it was like Boba Fett or something. It's like you kind of want a little taste and then for them to go away. See, I was expecting her to come back in Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have complained if she had come back because I did like the concept of her and loved her on Game of Thrones. So you know it was disappointing but but sometimes i was like it's okay to like introduce a character and and use them in a small way too because i think the original series did that a little bit with some of the characters Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah. i love that yeah it was like uh i think he likened her to uh south park's kenny (laughs) just kept dying but coming back (laughs) yeah it did feel like that a little bit (laughs) so yeah 
Uh, oh, uh, Andy Circus coached Lupita Nyong'o on uh, performance capture because she had never oh. done it. That's awesome. Okay, I will say that when we watched this movie last night, I was like, I just started clapping. I was like, more Maz. We needed more Maz. (laughs) I just love that character. And I mean, she's she's in it a few times, but sometimes I'm like, I feel like in this movie, I almost thought we were going to get more of her than we ended up getting in the trilogy. Mm -hmm. And I would have liked that, I think. And it was based on one of JJ's teachers. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) She was like a, a sweet... Like, a, like an even more, like a nurturing sweet Yoda almost. Right. <laughs> I think that's why maybe I thought we were going to see her more than we did. I mean, I appreciated her every time we saw her, but I was like, I would have liked even more. Yeah. We need a Moz show or something. Oh. <laughs> it's cool, too, like that casting choice, having Lupita voice her, because she's so young. Yes. Um, and she plays her, Moz so well. Um and it was one of the things after I watched it, I was like, I just want her to shout my name. That's, <laughs> yes. that's all I want in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I have for little tidbits. Okay, no problem. Let's uh, let's also dive into some of your favorite scenes. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first one I really loved was the... Uh, the graveyard of all the destroyed starships. Star Destroyers, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, just wreckage everywhere. That was really cool. Yeah, just seeing that and then later on having the Falcon fly through it all was just... (laughs) I love the way the Falcon's introduced too. Like, uh, you know, where he's like, she's like, "Let's let's fly this ship and he's like, how about that one? She's like, that one's garbage. And then it ends up being the Millennium Falcon, which yeah. is just perfect. <laughs> oh, that was one of the other things was um, some concept there for Jabba's Palace for Return of the Jedi. Had that thing, uh, I guess that gate where she just crashes the Falcon through. when they Oh, were really? Yeah. So they kind of like peppered in some of right. this stuff. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, another one I really loved was Ray's vision. Oh, yeah. Just seeing bits and pieces and just the mystery of it all. It's so interesting in this movie, the way, like, especially knowing how it, like, ends up. Because, um, there's that scene with, um, Han Solo and Maz in, like, the cantina type thing. Right. In her, in her, um in her work or whatever you want to call it, her, her watering hole, as you called it. Um, But she says, who's the girl? And they kind of, you see the back of Han Solo and, and it, it felt like they were implying he knew who she was, but then later it's like they, they didn't. Uh, And so that's kind of an interesting thing to go back and watch back when all the possibilities were so open-ended, like you said, it was such a big mystery. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that too. And plus, um, I'd never seen so much green in the entire. Um, yeah, he just Han just like looks at her like, oh, we're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they um, have a lot of good moments um, where they connect, and yes. you know, a lot of that is also coming from her. You know, wishing she 
wishing her parents were here and him wishing his son was there. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, the one sh- the one single shot of Poe shooting down nine TIE fighters and yes. also groups of stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, you can see why he became such a fan favorite. So Oscar Isaac, uh, you know, uh, as Poe Dameron, he's one of my favorite actors. Um, he's in a lot of great stuff, but he was supposed to like die as this character pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I think is at the beginning where you weren't unsure if he lived or not. Right. I was. I was even saying last night. I was thinking about it, and I was like, "So his jacket's there. It's totally burned up. I mean, you can totally see how they just that was supposed to be the end of him. Right. Um, but he's just so likable and is mm-hmm. sort of a Han Solo esque character that. I don't know. It's like, I think, I guess during filming, they were like, you know what? Actually, we need like a lot more of you. I also read that Oscar Isaacs uh, was like a huge fan. I I remember I've even seen this in interviews that he Mm -hmm. and his whole family used to like dress up and go to the Star Wars premieres. Right. And his uncle in particular was like a really big fan. And when Abrams found out, he let him bring him on set and even let him be an extra, uh, I think, in that market scene. It was uh, Oz's castle. Oh, Maz's castle. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I'm like, yeah, that's that's really cool, and I'm I'm glad that he stuck around as a character. Oh yes, me too. And especially out of this, out of the context of this movie, seeing his arc throughout the trilogy is really, I one of the things I enjoyed. I do too, because he sort of st- starts out as like a hotshot p- pilot. Yeah. But he takes such a different arc than han solo did Mm -hmm. like in some ways he's similar but he goes down a different path right where han just just kind of leaves the rebellion but essentially poe takes it over yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and one of my last things was um the sword in the stone take with ray and the lightsaber Ooh, okay tell me about that well was this both of them were reaching for it in um well, kylo ren and ray or you oh. only saw kylo ren reaching for the lightsaber in the snow and it kind of like moves a little bit and to me it gets it inspires the sword in the stone type i i completely agree with you um and, and even more than that i think that so, you know, I, I've had some friends that were not a big fan of Kylo Ren. And they were like, well, when he takes off the mask, he looks like a kid. Like, he looks, you know, so young and right. so unintimidating. And I was like, I number one, I like that because it's different. It's refreshingly different that he doesn't. It is. You know, it's like he's a monster, but he is just a person. And mm-hmm. in real life, that's how it is. Like, you know, people that commit the atrocities or do bad things, they're just people. Um, yeah. And I also thought that his hair style made him look like a almost like a prince. It looked medieval to me. Mm, yeah. Whereas like in the older, you know, Star Wars, I, you know, they lean heavily onto the samurai thing, the Jedi robes and things like that. But in some ways, I felt like both Kylo Ren and Rey looked sort of almost like medieval. So when you bring up that part about the sword and the stone moment, it definitely like I can definitely see that because his character mainly but yeah i I got that vibe from him yeah even looking at his costume it gives off that vibe plus his lightsaber 
yes it looks like a sword yeah 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 <laughs> it's like I, I i liked all that stuff all that aesthetic was definitely working for me and, and um yeah and you're just unsure of who's gonna get the lightsaber and it just flies past and you're like oh okay <laughs> i will say too um one thing that you know, I've seen a lot on the internet and I, I tend to agree with is uh, John Boyega's Finn. Um, I was really excited about that casting because mm -hmm. I had seen Attack the Block. Right. And plus it was just cool that they were, you know, casting a, um, a black actor mm -hmm. in a prominent role in this franchise. One I will say role. that. Oh, go ahead. So one of the lead roles. Yeah. And so, like, I was very excited about it. And I remember the poster had him with like a lightsaber and, there, you know, we knew he was a stormtrooper. There was just a lot of mystery around his character. I think as the movies went on, I'm not totally satisfied with his arc. I I don't know. I almost feel like because Poe's there and Kylo Ren, like almost like those that pool of people got kind of crowded and... I don't know that his arc ended up going the way that it was like originally intended. And I've heard a lot of people kind of be upset about that, that like him being able to wield a lightsaber and other things like it felt like he was going to take a bigger role. And then, you know, in the second movie, he spends half of it kind of out for the count or off doing a side quest. And I, you know, at first I disagreed, but the more that I think about it, I, especially when you watch the first one and see how much, potential the character has I, right. I kind of agree because in this movie you know he um he battles kylo ren with a lightsaber mm -hmm. and then he finally gets kind of like knocked down and then ray has that you know sword in the stone moment but it, it really felt like they were both more i, I mean later her power is going to grow a lot more but it felt like they were both like more equal and i kind of thought he was going to be more in the thick of it when it comes to Kylo than he right. ended up being. He does get a good moment in the third film, at least one, but just in general, I thought we were going to have more of him. And I, I think that was, I think he's even expressed that he feels that way. And, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully he gets something in the future that he yeah, gets to really, shine a little more. I really hope there's like either some kind of uh, book series or comic books or something that gives more about, what happens afterwards with yeah. him maybe training to be a Jedi. That would be really cool. Cause I felt like, I don't know, like it, he has such a good background. Cause like, you know, he's a stormtrooper and he's been taught this way his whole life. And then he rebels against that. And he spends yeah. a lot of the series trying to figure out who he is, like how to stop running, how to fight back. And he's got some great moments. I just, yeah, it's like, I feel like his story isn't over. I would like to see more of that for sure yeah it was um yeah with all the uh the trailers leading up to the movie it only showed you know finn with the lightsaber or han mentioning the jedi and you see poe like patting finn so it's just always associated with finn as a jedi or yeah you're right i forgot about that <laughs> and so and then you're watching the movie, you're like, okay, you can kind of see some, something's clicking that he's, he knows it's wrong. Um, and then him fighting Kylo Ren, 
And well, the first time I was just like, oh, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The second time I noticed that um, basically Kylo Ren's just toying with him. Yeah, yeah. Um... So he actually like wounds Kylo. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, I'm picking you out. Bye. (laughs) Right. He was kind of throwing his weight around on this, you know, quote unquote traitor. Yeah. But when he actually got him, he was like, okay. And like a lot of people had a problem with Ray being so new and, you know, being able to hurt Kylo. But yeah, he was already severely injured from what Finn did. So he was like, plus Chewbacca. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Chewbacca, which that weapon would have killed most people i think but he somehow you know all he's injured badly but that's the only reason why they're able to get an upper hand on him i think Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like i think it i think it pushes forward that idea about like them being a team yeah it's sort of established here like they can take kylo down because they're on a team whereas kylo doesn't have a real team i mean he does but they don't they're not loyal to him they don't love him Right, right um and, and that's usually how good defeats evil, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, even in uh, yeah, no. Yeah, in Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have, I have it's friends. like, yeah, I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and also I like that scene because there's just something really exciting about um, the the lightsabers, you know, like in the original and and now mm-hmm. you can see like their reflection on things. Uh, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah of kylo ren's saber it feels like there's real heat there and then that with the snow and the way that it interacts with the snow i i liked all that stuff yeah yeah that was one of the things i've noticed uh, watching some behind the scenes is they're using the uh um actual uh proper replica sword lightsaber special effects swords that you can oh, really? buy that you can buy uh off amazon Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, because I have a, I have a Luke's lightsaber, the Anakin Luke lightsaber, right? Too. <laughs> we have a few lightsabers as well as you as you know. Yeah. <laughs> the only Star Wars costume I have is a Luke Skywalker costume, so <laughs> I would like to have more though. Um, yeah. Um, I don't but know. Yeah. There's just something really fun about those, and oh, yeah. I've learned a lot more about them since. Nick started building them. He he tells me about all the different lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, but those, those are the lightsabers that they used in the movie, so that's why you get that reflection. Oh, okay. Off of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what were some of your favorite scenes? I really like the interaction between Han and Leia. Um, oh, yeah. I feel that their love story being the way that it is makes a lot of sense and I like it. You know, this idea Mm -hmm. that they had been and then he, you know, did something terrible and it separated them. It's almost like when a child passes away and, you know, or something horrible and tragic happens in a relationship and the two people separate. I thought that made a lot of sense. And I, got the feeling that you know they never stopped loving each other it's just that mm-hmm. the event itself is so painful they can't really be together because somebody sure. call or finn calls him like a general of the resistance right so like at right. one time he had like a high position yeah it was a return of the jedi 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, just his journey leaving all that and everything to me makes sense, even if they didn't have the kid. But at mm-hmm. least having the kid makes it. You're not mad at him for leaving. Right. Yeah. And it's so Han Solo to like. I mean, it's in the name Solo. Like, and then, then <laughs> plus, if you've gone through something similar to that, you really understand. Yeah. And let's see, I, I, they're not all going to be Han Solo scenes, I promise. But I also like (laughs) when they're on the Millennium Falcon and all those people come to collect from Han that he's screwed over. Yeah. (laughs) Because he never really learns to stop doing that. And I thought it was really genius when, you know, Ray accidentally lets out all those creatures and they take everybody out. I thought that was a really fun scene. Yeah, the... That's one of the things that's kind of interesting in the Star Wars movies is the humor is like in this movie is perfect because it's really subtle. He's like, mm-hmm. you've, you've cheated us twice. He's like, County is like, one. What was the second time? Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to deny it, but what were they again? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, not only does he screw them over, but he doesn't even remember. Yeah, it's just very seen- insulting. And you see Chewbacca back there shrugging, nodding. You're like, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. I also like uh, when Ahan tells Finn, like, you've got a bigger problem. When right. you always figure out the truth. <laughs> Just says a lot about his relationships. and, But also, I think there's kind of... I mean, there's a theme in the whole trilogy about who you really are. Right. So I I like I liked that too because yeah he pretends to be in the resistance to <laughs> impress her to but, impress Ray yeah yeah but ultimately you know he ends up admitting who he really is and so I like yeah that I, was, I was surprised it, it like cut cut it off when it did he's like he's like yeah I'm, I was a former stormtrooper right it's like oh yeah. okay we're not gonna go through this. Yeah, it's like, we've got bigger stuff to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that was was another really good moment. Um, I'm trying to think of more. Oh, we haven't talked about Hux. (laughs) Oh, um, Yeah, so Donald Gleason, which this is the second, well, I guess the third, because we've done The Last Jedi too, but the third Donald Gleason movie we've talked about. (laughs) Um, But I always love seeing him, and I think he was a great, you know, he was well cast as General Hux and yes. just love how wormy he is. And I don't know. He's a great bad guy. So um, I always always get the dates. I think this came out before um, the stuff in Charlottesville. But he just him screaming about destroying the New Republic um, <laughs> just echoes what. I see pictures of like all the hate speech people will do. Yeah. And in fact, that brings up a good point. There were a lot of people that didn't like this movie because they felt it was too, you know, too social justice warrior E and that, you know, uh, that they were like a metaphor for neo-Nazis and all that, which is ironic because I mean, in the original, they were, yeah. 
force for Nazis. So I don't know if your if your group looks a little too much like the bad guys in the Star Wars movie. You know, maybe time to change groups. Um, concentrate on that. But I even noticed that in the movies going forward, because some people criticized that all the bad guys were like evil white dudes, that they mm-hmm. diversified the bad guys more going forward and included more women in POC so that people wouldn't make that comparison, which I think is funny that they felt like they had to do that. Um, But you're right. It does remind me of that. Right. And they always explained it in the, in well, now the legends continuity that uh, Palpatine, the emperor of the empire was really xenophobic. So he didn't really see any aliens um they had women admirals but yeah it was just pretty much all white guys yeah and and i feel like okay so i mean it's not that different from you talked about harry potter earlier and you know the slytherin and voldemort like they're really xenophobic right Mm -hmm. like i think it's just the mark of being bad (laughs) you know (laughs) it's a classic bad guy characteristic to be intolerant um yeah yeah, so it's like they were kind of reading into that a little bit but you're totally right i know what image you're thinking of and it does kind of look like hugs right yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and of course i i love donald gleason and and he's not like that but yeah the character no no yeah but yeah. I've literally never thought about that before, but I'm not going to be able to unsee that now. <laughs> it just it just popped up to me when I watched it yesterday. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about BB-8? Ah, oh, so adorable. I know. I love BB-8. I and he's so it, much faster, or she, he or she, I don't know. But who calls it a he? Oh, that's right. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like how quick he is on his little spinning ball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a lot faster than R2D2. Although I pointed out we were talking about that last night too, like that he's faster than R2D2, but R2D2 is really good with you know like the guns in the <laughs> tie fighters or whatever. Uh, I always thought that uh Poe picked him up at a rescue. Oh. I love that. <laughs> the <laughs> droid rescue. Yeah. Because like um, when you find out Poe's still alive and you see BB-8 just basically run past and hit Finn to get to Poe. Poe's like, ah, BB-8. He like rubs his little ball. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's definitely like a a dog. Yeah. (laughs) Very loyal. And it's also super cute when... Um, in such a good way to like make them connect going back to that marketplace scene mm-hmm. with Ray and Finn um, you know Finn sees BB-8 and he's like oh that's that droid yeah. you know, like, oh. that we're looking for Yeah. and then BB-8 sees him and gets really angry and at first I was I kind of forgot I was like how does he know he knows um, Poe and then I was like oh yeah his jacket that was like yep. a really smart way and, and if Poe had died in that crash that that probably would have had more weight or you'd be thinking about a lot longer because it's like he finally got away with the pilot then he ends up back and then that's how he meets Ray so if all that happened he would have never met her and he would have never exactly become involved with finding Luke Mm -hmm. I think I also forget when I watch this that we don't like we only see Luke at like the very end yes Okay, because the uh, 
first draft was written by Michael Arndt, who did uh, Little Miss Sunshine, Toy Story 3, and Hunger Games Catching Fire. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so he um, had Luke basically showing up in the halfway point. Hmm. And it basically became focused more on Luke than the rest of the characters. I see. And so when um, they did a rewrite uh, with Lawrence Kasdan and JJ, they brought, um, they had to make him like at the very end. <laughs> yeah, because I, it's such a great cliffhanger. Right. Like I could see a plot where he's more involved, but I like him being more involved in the second one mm-hmm. um, because it's just such a fantastic reveal at the end. Yeah. I think the only tough part... Ooh, we haven't talked about the the worst part of the movie. The saddest part of the movie. Oh. Yeah. Um, Han's death, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think about Han's death? And, you know, like, were you expecting that? Or, I was, you know, how are your feelings looking sorry. back on it? I was expecting it when we walked onto that gangplank. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I know where this is going. <laughs> Plus also knowing that Harrison Ford wanted Han to die and return the Jedi. This is true. This is something that people forget. And it's funny because people are like so upset that he died in this movie. And I'm like, y'all, he doesn't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> He's always kind of been grumpy about being Han. So um He'd rather be Indiana Jones than Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like it's closer to, to who he is. Um, but yeah, so I I kind of expected it too, especially when they were like really milking the like, oh, he's like a father stuff. I was like, oh, great. I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's that great scene where, yeah, where Kyla is like reading her mind and he's like, you see him as a father figure. He'd disappoint you. And we're going to find out in the second movie just what exactly that means. Um, because at this point we don't know as much mm-hmm. um, but yeah and then like when he you know says like he has to find the strength to do what he has to do but he's crying right. that's when I kind of thought okay Kylo could really go either way yeah it's, it's not like Anakin yeah. you know where he's gonna Anakin always felt like he was like terrible and he just like got worse like (laughs) except when he was like a little boy i never really bought that he was even wavering (laughs) i can go into whole stuff about anakin so (laughs) i would love to hear that but um yeah with with kylo it's like i kind of like that he was so like unstable because i feel like that's kind of scarier yeah you don't know what way he's gonna go yeah that was one of the things with uh basically him being a fanboy of darth vader (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean, very dark metaphor yeah so <laughs> um, fandom. yeah kylo ren is based okay so you get darth vader he's basically um uh how, how do i put this um more in control and mm-hmm. that, that makes him really scary because you know what he can do right but then you have kylo ren who's so unpredictable and he's not in control so it's just a mess yeah it's chaotic what and not really focused yeah and so like him destroying computer consoles or 
I love that scene. <laughs> or just destroying a room. <laughs> yeah, like again, like when the first time I watched this and you see those moments, I was like, "Whoa, I don't think we've seen a bad guy like this yeah. in the Star Wars universe." I thought it was kind of refreshing because it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, and then when he gets really emotional and like cries, I'm like, man, we really don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's kind of exciting. Whereas, you know, like with Darth Vader, it's like, you know exactly what he's going to do. Right. Like you said, he's very purposeful and controlled. And in the original trilogy, there was a lot of focus on like controlling your emotions. And then in this trilogy, there's not. Yeah. Um, it's almost like embracing your emotions. And I think that, kind of says a lot about where we were in the 70s and where we are today mm. in terms of like how we view emotions i could like oh yeah go definitely. into detail about that but and i think that's why sometimes older fans have a harder time with it they're like oh these characters are like emotional and out of control and it's like i think we've just sort of the movies have grown with us you know yeah. they, they've evolved because we have evolved um but you know i like both plot lines both are fun uh, I'm trying to think. I think those are my favorite scenes. <laughs> Good ones. Can you think of any other ones that we missed? Um, oh, one of my one of my favorites is um, always. It was at the very beginning with um, Finn always grabbing Ray's hand and running. Yeah, that's cute. I, I remember seeing a lot of fan art around that after it came out. <laughs> so it's like, stop taking my hand. <laughs> and then they, um, there was a TIE fighter that shot at him and exploded. And they, he, he got knocked out a little bit. She wakes him up and he's like, oh, oh hey, are you okay? It was like, yeah, and she seems kind of annoyed. But I think the more she gets to know Finn, the more it's like, even though he's so scared mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to go back, he's very, you know, self-sacrificing and very caring. Yeah. Like what kind of annoys her at first that she thinks of as like almost like male bravado or like, you know, I'm trying to protect you. Mm -hmm. um, it bothers her at first, but the more she gets to know him, the more she's like, it's actually just really sweet. Because yeah. even when he's injured or clearly doesn't have a handle on the situation, he's still <laughs> trying to help. And ends up protecting him a lot. <laughs> and you find out in the book that that was the first time someone asked if she was if she was okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, even though that's not like directly yeah. in the movie, they do set up that, you know, her family left and they're not coming back. Yeah, and she's... Uh, Maz tells her that. Yeah. And she's just been living a awful life. Yeah. Oh, another good moment, too, is when she's with BB-8 and that guy tells her, like, he gives her less than what she's owed for, right. her, you know, scrapyard stuff. And then he says, I'll take the droid. How much is he? And she has that moment where she looks at him for a long time and she's looking at all that money that she really needs. All and the then too. Yeah. And then against her own best interest, she says, you know what? He's not for sale. And I thought like some of that was like maybe like her force sensitivity waking up a little bit because she knows to make that decision in that moment for him. Mm hmm. I think it was also like Finn, she knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. She sees those droids as... I, I feel like 
there's a theme of like the main Star Wars characters treating mm-hmm. the droids like so much better than like oh all yeah the other yeah definitely do you know Luke treated R two D two really well they were like friends yeah um, and, and she kind of recognizes that in in BB eight also in all the, all the other side shows and some of the movies basically Anakin has the same relationship with R two yeah that's right and so um. I'll say this, but in episode three, whenever he actually becomes Darth Vader, he's going to kill the Separatists. He's like, no, R2, stay, stay there. Yeah, <laughs> that's just right. That, that shift. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, you're right. The droids are more looked at as uh, people. Yeah, by the main cast. Mm-hmm. They're nicer to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the movie did a great job of having like I know it's it is kind of a bummer that you never get like Han, Luke, and Leia in the same room. Yeah, but you know I do think that was possibly a missed opportunity, um, mm-hmm. especially with you know what happened with yeah, Carrie Fisher. Was, but <laughs> that was one of the things she said in the making of was uh, I wish it would have been done ten years ago when I looked better. <laughs> that's such a carrie fisher thing to yeah. say <laughs> and plus now it's like oh yeah maybe you should have <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i heard that both her and mark hamill like went on diets for the movie yeah which is kind of funny i think she she complained about that even in the original series too she was like i had to go to like a bikini boot camp yeah for that one scene and she like complained i always thought that was really funny and refreshing that a actress would talk about that so openly um but yeah i remember like i had one friend that was like i didn't like this movie and i didn't like seeing you know leia and and han solo so old it was sad (laughs) i was like geez like (laughs) you know yeah people get old it's like i can't imagine someone thinking when they see me when i'm old like this is sad she's so old (laughs) it's like (laughs) let's you know it's good um but yeah it's like i don't know i i I don't look at it that way i kind of like i like seeing them all again you know and oh yeah definitely it it helped with the like passing the baton on Mm kind of vibe that the movie had so yeah, I do wish they were all together, but at least we got like some Han and Leia scenes, oh, and then yeah. we got some Leia and Luke scenes. Luke so. scenes, and then yeah. yeah. Um, it was one of the things was I was going to mention with the uh, the expanded universe now the Legends continuity mm-hmm. was uh, after Return of the Jedi. They uh, basically had. I mean, it went from 1978 to 2014. That's how expansive this this um, uh, collection was, and they yeah. had um, three pretty big uh, stories. Like there was the Thrawn trilogy where Han and Leia actually had married and were expecting twins. Yeah, and so then you had. That was another thing that was like a big rumor was Ray was Luke or Hannah Leia's uh, daughter. I mean, I felt like they were even almost implying that in this movie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, that would make her related to Luke, too. Yeah. And you know? that was the one of the things with they did like this big cast photo of the 
table read. And they had her sitting in between Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. So everyone, oh. everyone was like, boom. Yep, she's their daughter. <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought... I, I I wasn't expecting the answer that we got. And I don't think anybody was. Um, and it, it definitely felt like they were leading up to that. Yeah. The, the, the Maz scene. And then even just like how sweet Princess Leia... Or well, General Leia... Generally, yeah, uh, no was to uh, yeah, she's no longer princess. Uh, but how how kind and and warm she was to Ray, I thought they had to be related. Mm. You know, it was just yeah, interesting to go back and see this and see how different everything was at right. that point. And then you had um, there was the Jedi Academy trilogy, which was my favorite, where Luke is basically training Jedi. Uh, mm. He has an apprentice that goes evil. Oh, okay. To a, so similar. Thanks to a Sith spirit, but um, and then there was the uh, the big one that was like considered like nineteen books, called the New Jedi Order, where actually Hanalea or yeah, Hanalea's uh, son Jason went to the dark side. Oh, okay. But you also had the so they death. They kind of borrowed from all this yeah, stuff, yeah, but not really did. stayed consistent to. And yet they called all that not canon, but then borrowed so much from it. Yes. Interesting. In in that series, you had the death of Chewbacca. And the, oh, no. And the death... I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. I was <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it, it's so easy to keep that character going because mm-hmm. you can just, you know. He doesn't really have to get old. Right. <laughs> kind of like C-3PO. Yeah, he had the death of Chewbacca and Admiral Akbar. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was just kind of... Um, yeah, just take little things from here. It's like, well, of course Han and Leia could have a kid. All right, yeah. We... And uh, he'll be trained by Luke. <laughs> mm, interesting okay i didn't know that but yeah that's i mean it's like i said it goes from 1978 to 2014 i mean you spend years just reading all these books and stuff so i'm so lame that i never read the star wars books but i let i read a lot of star trek novels mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like even it's nerdier. about the same thing <laughs> yeah um but less impressive or cool sounding yeah at least when i was growing up like people were like i read star wars novels i'm like that's cool i read star trek ones and they were like oh (laughs) that's really nerdy (laughs) um but i i should go back and read the star wars ones because i really enjoyed the star trek ones and in the past couple of years i've gone back and read some of them they're just so fun and I love sci-fi like this. It's like a whole universe. There's just like endless content you can take in. Big giant sandbox. And even though they said they weren't canon, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's like... There's elements that you can just... I I picked up comic books from like 1994 that had like... Basically, I was reading them and I was like, hey, I'm actually starting to see some stuff in here from my Rise of Skywalker. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, huh. I wonder. 
Yeah. It's it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't have seen that. (laughs) But they also have, uh, whenever Disney took over, they started a, uh, a story group. Oh, really? Okay. Which keeps track of all the canon, if you will, um, throughout this new continuity. Oh, okay. That's cool. And that started in 2014. And so basically, I mean, they're the ones that say, hey, can I use this? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you could. Or the oh okay so they're like the the timeline keepers right. kind of yeah interesting like, no you can't use that because this happened and this happened and... are the games tied into that or not uh, after yeah after 2014 they are oh, okay because um that was one of the things was at the very beginning of Force Awakens was like how did the First Order find out about Poe on Jakku. Mm. And so that was thought that there was like a double agent somewhere in the resistance that would be found out in last Jedi. But come to find out it was in uh, the game battlefront two in the story, in the storyline is battlefront. The one with the, the main character that's like that, He's like a ginger kid. Uh, no, that was uh, Fallen Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I've watched some like cutscenes <laughs> from the games, and I really enjoy watching those, but I've never it, played them. It's fun, but that is a very tough game. The oh, Fallen, really? Fallen okay. Yeah. It, and the main guy is inspired by that actor that's on that Gotham show, right? Like, right. it looks yeah. just like him. Yeah. Yeah, it looked cool, um, but I haven't played it. I'm so behind when it comes to games. I'm, like, really bad at them now. Like, when I was younger, I was so good at it, but I don't know. The longer that we're, like, staying at home, though, I, I think about getting a console again so that I can play games. I, I, I'm like, I have a lot of free time. <laughs> I kind of had to. I was like, I'm playing all these games, and I need something new. Yeah. Oh, um... Is there... Is there another like Star Wars game that's coming out that's pretty big or? Um, I think the biggest, the latest one that they announced was the Lego Star Wars. Oh, okay. And that I've heard those Lego games are like really fun. They, they specifically really from parents that like playing with their kids. Yeah. The Star Wars ones are really fun, though. Lego Star Wars is, I think it was like um, the Xbox for uh, back probably like two thousand five or six they did the star wars it was like the prequel trilogy Mm, okay and then i think later on they did the original trilogy and so now they're releasing one with uh all of them together plus sequel trilogy so oh wow so kind of a a lot to look forward yeah Uh, well um did you have any more about the Expanded universe? Um, Expanded universe? No, that was pretty much that part. I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Um, Did you find uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's cameo? I didn't. Tell me about that. Okay. So, him and J.J. Abrams did the song in Maz's Castle. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
but funny enough, um, I guess they're they're best friends <laughs> because oh. um, um, there's one tiny scene in uh, Rise of Skywalker where you actually see Lin-Manuel Miranda. I did not realize that. Okay. I, I feel like I've heard about that, but then I forgot. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, the uh, they did the song in Maz's Castle called Jabba Flow. Oh, also... <laughs> All right, so only I kind of laugh at this part because um, I read this book. It was called uh, Journey to the Force Awakens, and it was basically giving uh, Finn's story like right before the movie happens. Oh, okay. And so... background. Yeah, a little back. Cool. And so this one part in the movie I always laugh at because Poe basically shoots... Finn's best friend and you know he marks he marks Finn's helmet with his blood and it was like oh my god your new best friend just killed your old best friend (laughs) (laughs) man that is interesting okay yeah did the things that you don't you can't you can only cram so much into a two-hour movie you know interesting and then like one of their squad mates was the Stormtrooper yells traitor at him in the big battle. See, that would be cool to know, like those extra little yeah things. I remember um, the one that yells traitor at him and that has that random weapon. Right. You're like, where'd he get that? And what is that? <laughs> um, I remember all the funny gifts of, of yeah. that that went around for a long time. They even nicknamed him like TR8R as the Stormtrooper designation for traitor. <laughs> radar <laughs> that's funny um but yeah i mean this is one of the things that gets me about star wars movies is you can watch the movies but then you can also read the books that give you like even more like books comics any of the media will give you like kind of a more uh I guess a more knowledge based approach to it. Like, like yeah. that, that guy was his best friend. Or that guy was. Yeah, it enhances body. the viewing for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, you know, that's how I felt about growing up. That's how I felt about Star Trek. It was exactly. like, I loved it so much, I couldn't get enough. And so I'd be like, oh, I watched all of it. Now what? It was, oh, I can read all these books. And then, oh, I can, you know, read all these magazines. And like, it, you know, I always enjoyed having something to really immerse yourself in and then right. you feel like you're in kind of like a little club um of people that know a little bit more about it than just what they saw in the movies um and you're right i think star wars uh has such a big universe and it's it's great that all that stuff is kind of layered you can watch the movie but you can also read the books and read yeah. the comics and kind of get a bigger understanding and a better understanding of, mm-hmm. of everything and how everything works yeah i guess it i i'm, I'm not sure you're since you're the uh star trek reader but um star wars is the only property that i know that there's a backstory basically about everybody that's on the screen (laughs) (laughs) no i think it's more in depth with star wars i do think that because i think there's just like more stuff like you know learning all about like the kaiba crystals and where they come from and you know oh for so much there sorry sorry (laughs) 
Oh, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, when you mentioned kyber crystals, it reminded me of another fun fact that uh, any of the viewers or listeners um, who are big on the Clone Wars TV show, that um, the planet Ilum, where the Jedi went to go get their crystals, um, it wasn't announced until... It wasn't revealed, basically, until um, the Rise of Skywalker uh, dictionary that Star oh, really? that Starkiller base is the planet Ilum. Oh, okay. So they kind of made it sort of full circle right. and yes, yeah, like you already know what it is. It was just called something else. And, okay. And that's another thing with um, and to go off on another uh, tangent here. Um, it's this movie, Force Awakens, sets the seeds of basically the First Order um, taking away everything that the Rebellion built. Like their kids. Mm. Um, yeah, like um, even sacred, sacred planets like for the Jedi and just kind of twist it to their own uh, I can't find the word for that. Uh, Ideology? Yes, or? yes, yes. Yeah. Their own mass machinations, basically. Yeah. So. It's true, yeah. Yeah, you found out that Finn was taken as a young kid. Basically, you even mm -hmm. see a picture of him as a young kid. That's right, yeah. Oh, and that was um, one of the things that, because it was basically talking about um, they didn't really know how big the First Order was. Mm, and, you're, okay. and you're just kind of like wondering, like, oh, we know they're out there, but, mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty much all we know. And you don't right. see it until Poe's face whenever they pull him out of that shuttle. And he's like looking around in the Star Destroyer. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's like this has gotten worse. Significantly yeah. worse. They are so much better prepared than us. Yeah. And then, of course, the First Order destroys the New Republic. I know. I, I like that, though. You yeah. know, it's like it sets the stage for it being so bleak. And that's, you know, that's always an exciting comeback story. Yeah. And you really don't. I mean, I feel bad that they kind of cut this part out. But, um, you know, you were telling like a so much bigger story. But it was. Mm -hmm. um it was Leia talking to her, um, basically her Senate, um, her Senate uh, aide. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, basically like, go to them, plead to them that we, we need help with fighting off the First Order. Right. And then that's who you see whenever um, a Starkiller base fires on the, the planet is you see her going out onto the balcony uh, right before it gets destroyed. Ugh. She's got to be having flashbacks with that, too. Right. 
poor Leia. I know. Yeah, she has the worst of everything. I know. It's I... like in the books, don't they imply that like she sees like the future somehow, and that's like why she doesn't like continue with like her Jedi ways? Because she no, she she continued well, in the expanded. It depends on expanded universe and. Oh, okay. But yeah, in the old expanded universe, yeah, she's she's a Jedi. She trains. Oh, okay. And okay. She like even teaches her kids and everything. But yeah, in this new one, it was, they they found out that she's the daughter of Darth Vader. Yeah. So she basically gets ousted of the Senate. Oh, okay. Kind of makes sense because from our vantage point, we're like she's a hero, yeah. but it's like. She's technically Darth Vader's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you, you did great work and everything, but you have this really big black spot on you. <laughs> yeah. Her it's like bad spot. lineage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She, um, that, yeah. In, in the, in the trilogy, it, it seems like she's very force sensitive. Yeah. And she uses the forest in the second one, but it's more like a sensitivity than it is an outright yeah you don't find out until rise of skywalker like she yeah she did train and everything yeah but uh i want to read something to you from uh the rise of skywalker book i'll have to go over to my bookshelf and grab it really quick okay yeah no take your time all right it's just about leia that's really really poignant uh, they're talking about her um, being, you know, her being affected by so much. And uh, one of them says, I couldn't survive one of those things that has happened to Leia. So knowing that she went through all of that and plus her, her son going to the dark side um, I know some of the real life people that those things have happened to, and they still keep going. That's how you know that someone is really strong. And uh, more powerful than anybody else. Yeah, I you know I've I've always thought in in the original trilogy that she's the strongest character because you know. Luke's journey is is sort of him wavering, right? Yeah. He has a pull to the dark side, but he ultimately does the right thing. She never really has. She never really wavers, even when her whole plan is destroyed. Right. right. And she she doesn't even have time to grieve. She's like, "All right, let's get this done." (laughs) And uh, you know, then she finds out a guy she thinks is cute as her brother, and she's like, "That's weird. Let's get this done." (laughs) Like she's always moving forward. You know. almost losing Han forever, you know, just so much stuff happens to her. Yeah. But she never really gets completely shaken. She's like kind of a rock throughout the series. And mm-hmm. and you're right, like in this part she loses her son and things get really bleak several times and she never really gives up hope. All right. And that was one of the things yeah. is uh she's she's the general in the resistance, but she has mm-hmm. no um no markings on her on her outfit. Because every, oh, everyone knows that? who she is. Yeah, she doesn't need a name <laughs> yeah. tag. It <laughs> doesn't need medals. <laughs> yeah, and it's like she she doesn't have like 
a home, you know, to go back yeah. to. And yet that doesn't ever stop her from mm. being a general and, and not giving up and yeah. feeling like there's always people to save and work to be done. So, yeah, you're right. I never thought of it that way. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about Rise of Skywalker was her being a uh, raised master. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. It was the biggest laugh in my theater, but I'm not sure if it was... I don't know if we were in the same showing or not, but uh, how about BBA giving a thumbs up? Oh, yeah. Super <laughs> cute. <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah, that's basically all I have. All right. Well, then that brings me to my last couple of questions okay. for you. Uh, number one, uh, we kind of talked about it this whole time, but if you could sum up, why do you think you love this movie so much? Um, it reminded me how much I love Star Wars. Yeah, I have to echo that because I feel like, so I wasn't like a big Star Wars fan. I was aware of them. Mm -hmm. I saw the prequels in the theater um and it prompted me to watch they re-released the originals in theaters right. and those were that was the first time i really sat down and watched it and it gave me a, a better respect for it but i feel like that had kind of waned over the years like i was kind of like mm. and i didn't stay like loyally interested and invested right. but when this movie came out it 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 rekindled my interest like i went out and bought all of them you know mm -hmm. and started getting more interested and you know my husband started building lightsabers and we got like costumes and like, I mean, it just changed us yeah. you know. like this, this movie kind of did that for me. So I think, you know, even if you don't 100% like everywhere that the trilogy went, I mean, the force awakens, I think did a lot for the star Wars franchise in, you know, re-energizing mm -hmm. it. It, awake and it awakened the force in all of us. It did. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It awakened the force in me. Um, so if you were to pitch this to someone, this seems, this seems like a really crazy question right. to ask, um, about Star Wars, yeah. but what, what's your theater pitch? You know, what's your oh, elevator wow. pitch for okay. this movie? Um, Hey, do you like Star Wars? Hey, do you like, <laughs> you'll probably, like this. <laughs> do you like, um, um, uh, special effects? Okay. Well, take today's special effects, but a Star Wars movie go <laughs> yeah pretty much i think like it i think it does a good job of simultaneously letting us have that nostalgia for the old right. ones while still giving us something new yeah. too yeah. Um, by having han and leia and eventually luke there mm -hmm. you know they're saying hey this is the same thing the same thing that you love and the characters in the movie are nostalgic for oh, it. Yes, you know yes. oh this is the real millennium falcon oh we were real you know the rule of skywalker another great line we didn't mention but um when he's like it's all true it all yeah, happened yeah. when han says that that's mm -hmm. a great that that part always like almost puts a tear in my eye um so I, I yeah i think it's a great addition to the star wars universe and it it set the tone for us getting more content going forward exactly so i i appreciate it for that well uh joe thank you so much for coming back oh, no problem. you pick some good movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, keep that list going and would definitely love to have you back. We could do more Star Wars or we could do something else. Yeah, it's any Anything sounds great. 
All right. Well, have a good one. Yeah, you too.